What's up, Sandhurst family? I hope you had a great weekend. It was beautiful. I actually got to mow some yards, eight yards actually, with McGill Smith. So I'm going to give him a shameless plug. If you ever need your yard cut, if you're going on vacation or something, give him a call. He does a good job, a really good job. I actually had a little bit of a yard business in middle school and high school as well. And I've come to see that people tend to view uh, a lawn business kind of like they view the church. And in this way, it's what you pay someone else to do because you like the end product, but don't want to do the work for it. Like that's why you hire, hire a yard business. You want your grass nice and neat and cut, but you don't want to do the work. And sometimes that can be the way we view the church. Like it's, it's what I give my money to so that somebody else can do the work of ministry, specifically discipling my kids. Like I want my kids to be discipled and I think the church can do a good job with that. So I'm going to give my money to the church so that they, the church, the paid staff can make it happen. After all, that's why I give my money to them, right? And so I want to speak to that really fast. Um, Deuteronomy 6, I just want to read it to us because that view of the church is not God's view of life and the family and parenting. And it's certainly not the Bible's view. Chapter 6 of Deuteronomy says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your, on your heart. Now catch this, verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And he keeps going. So in other words, parents, here's your job. Disciple your kids. Teach your kids. Disciple your kids. Don't pawn it off to somebody else. Disciple parents. Disciple your kids. Parents, I, I just want to speak to us and, and say that we have more to do than teach our kids you know, to, how to make good grades so that they can get into a good school, so that they can have a good job. We have more to teach our kids than you know, how to play the sport that they love. And, and it's this, disciple our kids. Um, so we've said every week that the purpose of this podcast is to connect with parents in a way that helps them connect with their kids. And that's true, but I think we have a better way of saying it now. The purpose of, the, of this podcast is really this, to partner with parents to help them disciple their kids. That is the point of this podcast. We want to partner with parents to help them disciple their kids. And I think there are three possible reasons that the discipleship of our kids has gotten pawned off to the church staff or someone else, anyone else. Three possible reasons. One is you might go, Man, I didn't know. I didn't know that the, that. I, as the parent, am the primary discipler of my kid. I didn't know. Or, two, you might think, well, I just don't know how. Like, like that's why it's gotten kind of pawned off to, to church is I don't know what to do. And if that's you, I'm glad you're listening to the podcast. I hope this is going to be helpful. 
But I think there's a third reason, maybe maybe the biggest reason why the discipleship of our kids gets pawned off to somebody else instead of us assuming that responsibility. And that's this. I'm scared I'll fail. It'll just be another thing everyone else is going to be good at, but not me. Another thing that everyone else is going to seem to be successful with it, and now I'm going to be, and I'm going to struggle with it. What if, what if I try, and it doesn't work? The on, on a small scale, I got a little taste of this today, and I, I do mean a small scale, um, kind of funny. I was eating breakfast with Hattie and Kate and Rachel this morning, and Hattie says, "Dad, will you tell us a story?" So I'm like, yeah, I, I love that kind of thing with, with our little kids. And so um, I start talking about Jonah because I don't think they've ever heard about Jonah. And and I'm all into it. I'm acting it out and trying to make it really engaging just at the breakfast table. And then Hattie raises her hand, you know, and she is so like, yeah, Hattie. And she asks, Dad, why do I have eyebrows on my face? Like, why do we have eyebrows on our face? And I was like, Hattie, like, can't you see this is a discipleship moment? And you want to know about eyebrows? Um, I'm sure my, actually, I know my parents have uh, their own stories of me interrupting discipleship moments, teaching moments for completely unrelated things. But, um, you know, what, what if I try this whole discipleship thing and it doesn't work? What if I try and my kid throws it back in my face? What if I make a passionate start to, you know, we're going to do these things. I'm going to, I'm going to disciple my kids, and then it just fizzles out. If you're like me and are afraid to fail, then you've learned that the most sure way to avoid failure is this. Never even try. And never commit. And never decide. The most sure way to avoid failure is to never try. So here's part of what I hope you'll hear today, is that this the, the greatest failure happens when you refuse to try because you're afraid to fail. The greatest failure happens when you refuse to try because you're afraid to fail. And on the flip side, some of the greatest growth happens when you decide to try knowing failure will be part of the journey. It's like my dad always says, the, he says, the failure is never proof you shouldn't have tried. It's just proof you have more to learn. Isn't that good? Like that, That's a good word for us. Failure is never proof you shouldn't have tried. Never. It's just proof you have more to learn. More to learn about God's grace that cleanses our sin. Failure is proof we have more to learn about God's grace that works in spite of our failures. Failure is proof we have more to learn about God's grace to empower victory over those failures. So if you've decided not to try because you're afraid to fail, I hope you'll preach this message to yourself. I follow Jesus, not my fear. Jesus is my king, not my fear. I submit to Jesus, not my fear. I I have decided to follow Jesus, not my fear. He's my king. Fear is not my king. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to do for us right now is maybe help expose something in us that has been, uh, that that I think is probably a sin issue for us. And that is pawning off the discipleship of our kids to somebody else. And when I say pawning it off, I mean, I don't, 
obviously I think church is really helpful and important for the discipleship of our kids. I'm just saying, when I say pawning off, I mean completely uh, uh, letting go of the responsibility of, um, give, completely giving it away. And I'm trying to expose that in us and, and help bring us to a point of choosing to engage in our role as disciple makers of our kids. There's this point in the book of Joshua at the end of the book when Joshua is, is trying to get the people to choose, to, to make a choice to serve the Lord. You're, you may be familiar with, with, the, with what he says. He says, choose for yourselves today who you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, um, and so here's what the people say in response. Chapter 24, Joshua verse 18 says, the Lord drove out from before us all the peoples, even the Amorites who lived in the land. We also will serve the Lord. He is our God. As Joshua says, hey, I want you to choose. He actually says three things. I want you to, uh, to do what he says, to cling to the Lord, pay diligent heed to love him. Do what he says, cling to him, love him. And the youth, we've made that into one word. We call it the cling love. The cling love. The cling love. Choose. And, and the people are like, all right, we're going to choose to serve the Lord. And next verse, this is what Joshua says. Then Joshua said to the people, you will not be able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He doesn't say, way to go. I'm proud of you. He goes, Great, I'm glad you've decided to choose. You won't be able to. In other words, you will fail. You're going to fail. What a depressing sort of message. And, and here's the reality. Here, I want to give you four statements that have really impacted me, and then and we're going to close this out. When it comes to what God has called you to do, discipling your kids, um, here, here it is. Where there's a commitment to choose, there will be failure. If you commit before the Lord, say, God, I, I have like I have pawned off the discipleship of my kids to somebody else. I'm going to choose to be the discipler. If you choose that, there will be failure. That's the first statement. Second statement, where there is failure, there must be judgment. Where there's failure, there must be judgment. Third statement, where there is judgment, there is need for grace. Fourth statement, where there is need for grace, we have Jesus. Wow. Where there's a commitment to choose, there will be failure. Where there's failure, there must be judgment. Where there is judgment, there's a need for grace. Where there's a need for grace, we have Jesus. So if you're afraid to try because you're, or maybe you've already decided, I'm not going to try this. I'm probably going to fail. That's, that's where we point back to the gospel. That's why we have Jesus the one who cleanses our sin and empowers victory. Um, so choose. I hope you will. Knowing you'll fail. Failure is in your future. But failure is never proof you shouldn't try. It's just proof you have more to learn. So what will this discipleship look like? Well, we're going to do a couple weeks on discipleship at home, like faith at home. And we're going to be speaking to some parents who have walked through uh, 
different scenarios, different seasons in life. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about um, discipleship through a dating relationship. Woo! That can be fun. Uh, then the next week, we're going to talk about discipleship through a season of rebellion. How do you disciple a kid when they're rebelling? Then uh, week three would will be discipling your kid through a family tragedy. Um, I think we're going to hear from the colonuses on that. And then the fourth week will be discipling your kid through acquiring a license and getting a job, like a driver's license. Um, I, I'm really excited about these. I hope that they will be really helpful in helping equip you to be the disciple maker that God has called you to be. We are here to partner with you to help you disciple your kids.